Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. James, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read the fifth verse. It starts off, chapter four starts off, and it's a runoff of chapter three. It's talking about what it is to get ourselves into sinful condition and warring conditions and, and, and things in our spiritual walk. But verse four, and I promise you I'm not pulling it out of context. Verse five, I mean, I'm not pulling it out of context, is do you think that the Scripture saith in vain that the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? It's kind of a strange verse, especially to tie the Holy Spirit to, to that. But let me read it out of the Amplified. Or do you suppose that the Scripture is speaking to no purpose that says the Spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us, and he yearns for the Spirit to be welcome with a jealous love. Mm. Are you ready? Reach over to your neighbor. Just give him a slug bug right on the arm and say, this message is for you. Pay attention. <laughs> has anyone in this room ever wanted something so bad you couldn't get it off your mind. You try to go about your day and your mind just keeps pulling you back to the thing that, that you desire. I'm kind of that way with hot rods. You know, I get one on my brain and that's all I can think about, you know. I'm running down the road in my HHR, but all I'm thinking about is my 57 Chevy. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. My wife told me a long time ago, she says, I never, ever worry that you would ever look at another lady, but I do worry about all those cars you look at because they tend to follow me home. Mm. Now, we've all wanted something so bad sometimes that we can feel it. Does that relate? Have you ever tried to think of something else when you want something and it's on your mind? And you try to think of something else, and your mind just keeps wandering back, wandering back, wandering back, wandering back. You get your mind off here. How many of this ever happens to you in prayer? You're trying to pray, and you're trying to concentrate on God, but your mind starts thinking about this, and your mind starts thinking about that. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I want to share something with you here that might seem a little strange, but I promise you this is good theology. Has anyone ever been a, an addict or around an addict? How many understand that if an addict stops his behavior suddenly after years of chemical abuse, what happens? Say it again body withdrawals, right? 
And it's not just your body, it's your mind and your emotions and your soulish realm. Everything about you just craves. Is this painting a picture for you? Look at this. If an addict stops his behavior after years of chemical abuse, short of a miraculous deliverance, his body will in time desire the thing that he has desired so badly, and it will double that person over in pain, wanting to fix their condition of their chemical desire. Am I speaking truth? It'll bend you over. It becomes so painful. The word lust in verse 5, do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth? That word lusteth is the word epipotheo. Epipotheo is a compound word. It is two words put together to make one word. The first part of that word is ipi. Ipi means over. Patheo means desire. So this is not a typical desire. This is a strong desire that's over the other desires that you have in your life. It is something that you can't seem to get away from. Is there anybody in the house could say amen? Look at this. So uh, if you take those two words and put them together, Epipatheo, it means intense desire, painful craving, hunger, an ache, a yearning for something, a longing or a pining for something. More specifically, it describes an intense, abnormal, excessive yearning. Did you hear that? This word is typically used for something morally wrong. Everywhere else it's used in the word. It talks about something that's morally wrong. But in this verse, in James, the fourth chapter, the fifth verse, the word lust or epitheo means to describe the Holy Spirit's desire for you. It is describing how the Holy Spirit thinks about you. So if I was going to if I was going to put a title on this tonight, I would put this on there. You are wanted. Now if I'd have said that title before I got into the word, you would have got visions of standing behind bars, right? But that's not the kind of wanted we're talking about tonight. The kind of wanted we're talking about tonight is the fact that you are the object of the Holy Spirit's desire. We don't understand. We, we know God loves us, but we don't understand how much God loves us. I know there's a sober spirit in the house. Punch your neighbor in the arm and say, lighten up, chief. There you go. Think about this. I want you to catch this tonight in your spirit, because I would venture to say 
that 98% of the body of Christ does not truly understand how in love with you God is. We kind of have a faint recollection, but, but we equate everything to human love. We equate everything to, to the love that we understand, and the love that we understand is often give and take. But the love of the Father is always give. He's always giving. Of course, he wants to receive back from us, but he's always giving. God so loved the world that he first gave his only son. So I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to see the intensity tonight of the love of the Father. Like an addict who's doubling over in painful desire because they can't get the chemical thing they want, it's giving you the same wording, the same, uh, uh, how do I say this, the same visual concept that the Holy Spirit of God is literally desiring to help you, partner with you, be with you. I've already told you over the last couple of weeks that he desires you and he can't wait to be with you and, and that, that, that he longs for you in the sense that, that like a, a, a spouse longs for a lover, that when we, when we fail him, when we, when we do things that are contrary to to. Uh, the Word of God, and, and get on a path that's opposite of the life that we're supposed to live, that it's like committing spiritual adultery. But I still don't think that even spells out to us how deeply the Holy Spirit is involved in our lives. He's doubling over with painful desire. He desires to have you. It is as if he's crying out, I must have you. I cannot wait any longer. Wow. If we could get a hold of this, why would we ever even entertain the enemy's temptations when they come? If you understand the length at which God loves you and the length that he'll go to save you, what do you think it was for Jesus to be put to a criminal's death and to be beaten beyond recognition and there on the cross to cry out for your forgiveness and the forgiveness of those who were persecuting him? What do you think, what kind of love is it that will give what kind of love will take your only unique one-of-a-kind son and send him into the world and turn your back while the world beats him and mocks him and maligns him, knowing that all the while all he's trying to do is to redeem them back? What kind of love is that? I want you to understand that God has given us the supreme love, and you can read Read about it in Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Read about it. It talks about the love that even though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, I cannot op 
operate in the kingdom by the kingdom principle unless I understand how much the Father loves and how we're to imitate his love. It's time to stop beating our brothers and sisters to death over mistakes. The heavenly Father doesn't do that. He loves them back into the fold. Yes, there's consequence if you're going to go out and act like a fool and be foolish and trample on the grace of Jesus Christ. There's consequences that you bring upon your life, but it doesn't stop the Father from loving you and wooing you and doubling over in pain, crying out, one more child has left the fold, but like the prodigal, he's standing, waiting and watching, looking, hoping, believing that you will come back. I'm having fun. I like to preach to me. Look at this. He's crying out, please get this. I need you. Oh, my goodness. The thought that God needs me. Trust me, it's not because he can't do without me. It's not because I hold some talent that he needs. It's not that I have some intelligence that's going to help him. He's infinite. I'm finite. He's the creator. I'm the creation. I know nothing. He knows everything. Without him, I can do nothing. nothing. But with him. But with him. Oh, my gosh. With him, all things are possible. All things. There's no limitation to faith. All things are possible. James, the fourth chapter, the fifth verse, the idea that's conveyed in that verse is this. The Spirit has an all-consuming and passionate desire to have more and more of us. In fact, this desire to possess us is so strong that he literally craves and pines after us. The Holy Spirit is a divine lover who lives in us. He passionately yearns to fulfill his responsibility to the Father to help teach and help and guide and empower us. Think about that. He so wants to fulfill his mission that he yearns to help you. He so wants to please the Father, predicated upon the sacrifice of Jesus and being dispatched by Jesus. Put your hand up, brother. When he got back to glory, Jesus came in and said, Tag, Holy Spirit, you're it. And 10 days later, in the upper room, you know the rest of the story. 500 people saw him ascend. It had already dwindled. Just call people to prayer. It'll dwindle real quick. And 500 people in 10 days of prayer had already dwindled down to 120. Thank the Lord he didn't wait any longer to send the Holy Spirit. The Bible doesn't even say it was a holy 120. It says about 120. 
Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But that 120 suddenly on that day stood face to face as a tornadic blast of the power of God came through that window. It was the paraclete, the one called alongside. The Bible calls him spirit, which is pneuma. He is the breath of God. He is a person, yes, but he's represented in the word like a fresh breath from the nostrils of God, from the lungs and the bellows of the lungs of the heavenly Father. He blasted into that room. It wasn't a quiet little thing because the whole city heard a whirling going on and everybody was came running to the upper room to that region to see what was going on. And when those Hundred and twenty or so f- fell out of that room and, and hit the streets. Uh, they were reeling and rocking like drunk men uh, and they were speaking babblings, but the babblings weren't babblings because by the time uh, they got close enough to hear, they heard them speaking in all of the languages of the people who were standing in the street who had gathered there for the Passover and they're standing there in amazement as these Galileans who are clear marked as Galilean people who wouldn't know a language from another region are speaking of the oracles of God and praising him and worshiping him and in that moment when the Holy Spirit blew into the upper room it was his first embrace of mankind and when he embraced mankind it was so infectious that that 120 people landed into the street and began to proclaim the oracle of God and at the first altar call of the church of Jesus Christ 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom that 3,000 was the second embrace of the Holy Spirit he blew in once he hasn't had to blow in again all we got to do is go hey come here and introduce All we got to do is grab someone by the hand and say, come here, let me show you something. I love to stand here and to pray for people who've never had an encounter with God. There's nothing more exciting or addictive than to stand here Knowing you hold no power, you hold nothing, but you lay your hands on someone in faith believing and you pray with them and they get their first time encounter with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly these wonderfully dignified people who came to the altar and tried to keep their clothes, you know, good and looking good, suddenly they're... They're moving all around, and they're shaking, and they're quaking from the inside out. And I've seen people go, what is this? I don't know what to do with this. And I say, just relax and enjoy it, because God is hugging you. The Holy Spirit is letting you know that your heavenly Father is in love with you. Just go with the flow. Let God be God. Let him love on you and fill you to overflowing. Whoo. Epopathio, I probably said that 10 different directions, but that's what it's supposed to be. Epopathio emphatically means when it comes to you, when it comes to me, 
When it comes to you, when it comes to you and 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 you, the birthday boy, and you and you and you and you, when it comes to you, the Holy Spirit can't get enough. Yet we move in and out of our prayer time so flip. We come in, we, we, want, we want a dabble, do you, and a quick fix. And pour your precious anointing on me, Lord, and I'm going to get busy about my day. And we never tarry. I'm not here to condemn. I'm not, that's not the point. I'm here to just say, he wants you to stay in the prayer closet. That's why I enjoyed the music tonight, because there was that moment when we could change things, but why? We can move forward, but why? God is moving. I could feel it all across this place. I got the privilege of standing up here on the front row. I need to, I need to let some of you stand in my spot sometimes just to feel the anointing when it comes. And I appreciate Austin's approach tonight. I know he could have had the whole band. We could have went in a whole different direction, but he prayed about it all day long. God told him to come in quietly, intimately, in a hush. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wanted to love on us tonight in that form, in that fashion. Is everybody with me so far? The, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, desires to possess you. All of you. That's why we, turn, we, we coined the phrase, the all-out sellout. God's not interested in me having a half-hearted relationship with him. He wants me to be sold out, lock, stock, and barrel. He wants me to be so in I can't get out. I don't know if that's good preaching or not, but I liked how that felt right there. He wants me so in I can't get out. And if you've ever spent any time in the presence of the Lord and, and just felt his overwhelming presence, how do you get out? Whoa. Whoa. I've had those moments. I've had those moments in worship. I've had those moments at home. And, and we're, we're going to get our day started. And, and we've had those moments when the Holy Spirit falls. And when he falls, you just can't do anything. I understand now what Solomon and those priests went through at the dedication of the temple when God's presence came. It said they all fell prostrate on the ground. <laughs> and no one could do anything. They were without vocation. Oh, the priests probably had a million things in their mind that they should be doing for the proper thing that should have been ministered at that moment. But God said, not when I'm here, because I've come to love on you. And I've come to possess you. And I've come to be with you. Because of his intense desire, he is focused on changing you. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. 
the paraclete, the one called alongside, the one that's as tied to you as your spouse is if you're married. And if you're not married, you are. You're married to the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one that's helping you. He's the one that's wooing you. He's the one that's telling you you can make it. He's the one that's helping you in the moments of discouragement. He's the one that's there to help you go from glory to glory. Even though sometimes there's a valley in between, he'll go with you into the valley to make sure you get back to the glory. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Mm. His intense desire, he is focused with on changing you and empowering you and conforming you to the image of Christ Jesus and helping you to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. Did you catch that? So learn how to yield, ladies and gentlemen, to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to have more and more of you each day. You want to know how to be successful in your Christian walk? I gave it to you. I just gave it to you. Yield to him. Allow him to change you, woo you, take you into the prayer closet. Sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes there's so much busyness that life demands that you have to just force yourself away from other activities to just spend some time with him. But it is so worth it because that embrace that came in the upper room, it never gets old and it never gets tiring and it never is a place of ho-hum, here we go again. Every time you sense his presence and know that he is with you and he is confirming himself with you. It is always new and fresh. So learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to have you more and more each day and satisfy the yearning of this divine lover and let the Holy Spirit love you. And let him control you. Let him exercise his authority in your life and flood you with his divine desire. Hmm. The key, the central key of what I just gave you is this. He's so in love with you. He doubles over in pain if he cannot help you. So why are we broke, busted, disgusted, messed up, and jacked up? Because we're listening to the wrong voice. And we don't understand the price paid by God. God. We don't understand how desperate he wants to intervene and help. We don't understand 
how valuable we are in Christ. We may get little glimpses, but we really don't understand. Because if we did, prayer time would not be a labor. It would not be a chore. Reading the Word would not be a chore or a labor if we really understood that God is doubling over in desire for you. He wants to be in you so He can deliver you. He wants you to know what it is to live victorious and not periodically, sporadically having some victories. He wants you to live in victory. Now, life will hand you some sour grapes. Life will hand you some trial. But God has given us the Holy Spirit that we may go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And if I'm sliding into valleys, it is because I'm not keeping my mind stayed in him. I'm not keeping my spirit energized by him. I'm not condemning. Please do not hear condemnation. What I'm saying is, as I'm, I'm preaching to me, I want you to hear my message. Because my message that I need to hear is stay on top with God. Don't let the enemy pull you into the place of the mully grubs. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're not loved. Don't let the enemy talk into your thought processes, but keep your heart and your mind stayed in the one and the only one who has a desire to deliver you from this life and the ills of this life and the trappings of this life. I have another whole section of this message. I will save it till next Wednesday night and we will finish. But I want you to know you are wanted. So many of us, Austin, if you want to give me a little music, that'd be great. So many of us, we grew up insecure, our life was insecure. No matter how sweet and wonderful our parents was, the enemy will make sure something happens in your life to make you feel insecure. And we spend most of our life questioning and wondering. Am I of any worth? Am I any good? Is there something good God could possibly find in me? And oftentimes we consider ourselves and act as if we're second-class people, second-class citizens. Can I just share with you, in Christ there are no second-class anything. God loves you. God desires you. He doubles over in desire for you. 
And if you want to cause the father pain, ignore his reach. See, if you ignore his reach, it rends his heart. There's no way to get my little finite mind around the infinite God. Can he do it without me? Oh, absolutely. But he doesn't want to. And he doesn't want to do it without you. Because tonight you are wanted. How many can receive that word tonight? You are wanted. You are wanted. You are wanted. You are wanted. You are valuable. You are glorious in the Father's heart and in his mind. And the blood of Jesus has removed the imperfections from your life. So when the Father looks at you, he doesn't even see what you've done or where you've been. All he sees is the value who you are. And you must really be worth something for Jesus to do what he did. If I preach this to the world, they'd go crazy. But we haven't got good at preaching it to the world because Half of us in the body of Christ don't understand it. I'm not a sloppy, agape, you know, sloppy grace guy. I believe you got to live right. I'm not, I'm not tearing down the standard of righteousness. But on the flip side of that, we don't understand just how much God loves us. and How important we are. And I know it's Wednesday night. I got to quit. But let me ask real quickly, and you can just be honest and open and right up front. Who in here finds yourself wrestling with your own thoughts and your own thought processes and your own life over not quite good enough? Be honest. Just raise your hand. Oh, look at that. Isn't that awesome? Not awesome that you feel that way, but awesome that the Lord knows you would be here tonight and what message to bring. Those of you that raised your hand, would you raise your hand again and hold it up? Just hold it up in faith, believing. Austin, if you'd bring the guitar down just a little bit, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to make you walk the aisle, but I'm going to pray for you right where you are by your lifted hand. You're making a public profession right here. Father, I pray for these. As I scope across this room, Father, these are born-again people, Lord, but they, they understand, Lord, that sometimes I don't feel good enough. I don't 
feel like I measure up. And the enemy's always so good to remind me of my, my mess-ups and my mistakes and my slips and my hardships. But, Father, help me to get the understanding that you are doubling over in desire for me, that the Holy Spirit wants to fulfill your desire for me. And he, he fights for me. He fights to get into my life. He fights and he stands waiting patiently when I go astray. He'll still be there waiting for me to get it turned around. He'll be the gentle voice that is behind me telling me, you're made for more than this. Tonight, with my hand upstretched and my heart turned towards you, I'm saying, Lord, here I am, and, and I'm going to do everything I can from this moment forward to keep this mental image of how much you love me. And when the enemy lies to me, I'm going to remind the enemy that he's a liar. And the opposite of whatever he's saying is the truth to me. And if he's telling me I'm no good, then that means I'm worthy, worthy, worthy. And if he's telling me I'll never make it, that means that you've already got my name written in the Lamb's book of life. And if he tells me that I'm going to always be a royal screw-up, I'm here to remind him that the Word says I am accepted in the Beloved. I am a child of the Most High God, and with my hand upstretched, I commit to you, Holy Spirit, to let you love me more. Come in, mold me, shape me, teach me, guide me, lead me every moment of my life. I don't want any laxness, Father, between us. I want you to wake me up in the night. I want you to capture me when I'm on my break at work. I want you to capture me at lunchtime. I want you to capture me when it's time to sit down and watch my favorite TV show. Capture me, Holy Spirit. I want to be captured and enraptured in you. I want to be caught up with you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to love you as be to the best of my ability like you love me. Build in me a desire to be with you, Lord that I'll not live a life that is short, that is short of your desire and your purpose for me. From this moment forward, Father, I say yes. I am. I am wanted. Wanted by the Heavenly Father. Tonight I give you honor and glory and praise, Jesus. And I thank you for these, Father who were honest enough to raise their hand in this place and say, that's me, count me in. Tonight, Father, we leave with a new attitude, a new mindset to not only be loved, but to learn to love, to learn to be accepting like you are accepting, and to learn how to love those around us, Father, and make excuse for the weaknesses that we see. And instead of complaining, will uplift, will uphold one another. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you prayed with us. God bless you. We're so glad you listened to this message today. 
Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website, passionchurchmill.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry. 